Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tainted Judgment Podcast. I'm John, your host. Welcome to episode, uh, I think we're on 33 now. We're we're chugging along, people. And I hope everybody's doing okay out there. It's been a great week. Had a a fantastic weekend, Nick and I, up in in Colebrook. The way it's looking, it seems like it's going to be the last... uh, the last ride of the season, you know, snow's starting to kind of dry up here and there. I mean, guys, we made it to mid, we made it to mid-March, you know, we did pretty good, you know, could, could I ride? Absolutely, but, you know, so basically this is what happened. We went up Thursday night, got up there, you know, at the cabin, boom, 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 did our thing, you know, stayed up watching fucking Medea goes to jail, then we went to bed. And as we were going up there, I mean, you know, they had got pounded, obviously, when Sophie and I went up, like I was saying, and, uh, you know, that snow was still there. It was still residual. It was going to warm up over the weekend. We figured for that, you know, we figured for a little bit of snow loss, you know, but, you know, again, we're driving up there, plenty on the ground. Great. So go to bed, wake up, and uh, we headed out probably... Our new thing is, like, not waking up at the ass ass crack of dawn. So I think we woke up at, like, 8, you know. Got up, took a shit, whatever, shaved, did our thing. Then we got out there. And, you know, one thing about Nick is the ride, the the first half of your day is going to be beautiful. It's going to be scenic. You know what I mean? He takes you down all the the beautiful Vista spots and shit like that. You know what I mean? That's just our style. You know what I mean? We're trying to pound miles out, you know? And, uh, you know, you see a lot of cool shit, a lot of cool spots. I, I, I give him that. So, you know, we went out. We did our thing. We had a beautiful lunch at the Buck Rub Pub, as always. You know, trails were fantastic. You know, 10 out of 10, really. Um and everything was going great. And, and then at the end of the day, you know, we get out of the buck rub. He says, oh, we're going to, you know, he goes, wait, how do you want to get home? I go, ah, it doesn't really matter to me, man. You know, in my head, I'm going, you know, I, I like, the, I'm the type of guy I play it safe. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not a risk taker. So I'm going, you know, we rode through Arrow, which is, you know, on the, on the east, the the eastern side of the state. I mean, it's right on the main board. It's fucking, literally. When I say ten out of ten trails, I mean absolutely amazing. You know, just just the best. So, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, I would like to go the same way. And you know, it's is it repetitive? Of course, you know, most things in life are repetitive. But fuck it, you know what I mean? Like it is what it is. It's a safe bet. Let's go back. But I said, you know, whatever. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I go, you know, whatever you want to do. Let's, let's, you, it's your call. So he goes, well, we'll go down this here rail bed. You know, they picked all the tracks up. Everything's good. It's safe, you know. Don't worry about nothing, you know. And usually it's great. Well, in typical fashion, like I was saying, we always have a beautiful scenic morning. Trails are usually 10 out of 10. And then we always end up, whether it's our fault or somebody else that's that we're riding with, we end up going this fucked up, 
convoluted way that always somehow ends up on pavement and mud and dirt. I don't care if they got fucking eight feet of snow every time that we fucking bear from the beaten path because of somebody or something, we get shafted. You know, we get the fucking shaft every time. So I said, yeah, whatever, we'll, we'll do it, you know, fuck it. You got to pass through Vermont, you know, you go right, there's basically a three corners, you know, you're on the Vermont, New Hampshire, and Canada border, literally, I'm not even kidding, like, it's, it's insane. So we go over there, and we're riding, and I mean, it is like, again, we rode 10 out of 10 in the morning. It is like a fucking 1 out of 10. I mean, awful, whooped out, brutal, you know, very narrow trails through the woods. I mean, like, just like, it was like riding like a fucking bull for miles and miles and miles. It was awful. (laughs) So we finally get, you know, to like, I guess you would call it the halfway point, really. And it was Canaan, Vermont, C-A-N-A-A-N. And I'm spelling it for you because you really need to put this in the in the mental memory bank as like the do not enter or do not go place of the northeast. I mean this place is fucking like I said, it's it's on the three corners. You're you're literally you're a minute away from the can you can literally see from the center of town the Canadian border crossing where they got the it looks like a toll booth. You're right there, you can see that. You go two minutes in the woods, you're in New Hampshire, and obviously you're currently in Vermont. We go, it's hotter than, you know, when I say it's hotter than hell, it's about 40, probably 40, 42 degrees, and, you know, you're probably saying, that's not fucking hot, but you gotta remember, when you got fucking 1500 bucks worth of gear on you, you know, it's all padded and thick shit, you know, I don't care how many fucking zippers you unzip, unless you're riding with nothing on, you're fucking sweating. You know, and you're working, you're getting a fucking workout, you know? So I'm like, let's just like camp out here for a minute. So we pull over, Nick takes his helmet off, he takes his jacket off and he's kind of just fucking around on his phone, you know? And you know me, dog, you know, I'm, I, I look for things. I don't worry about what other people are doing. I do what I got to do. You know what I mean? And at that time, it's like, you got to lay down. So Shut my sled off. We get to this little, it's like a little, like, again, it's the center of town. There's like a little pavilion, um, you know, a little steps going up to it, a park bench uh, dedicated to a dead dog, somebody's dead dog, the mayor's dog or something like that, some fucked up shit, you know. So we get right there. We're probably not even supposed to be on it. Park our sleds right there. Again, he's fucking around on his phone. I get off my sled. I walk over. I don't even make it up the steps of the pavilion, like, to be under, like, the gazebo thing. I'm like, I'm like, right here is fine. I just turn around. I still got my backpack on, my helmet, my gear, everything. Just turn around and just drop right there on my back like a turtle. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it looks like, uh, you ever seen the, the scene, like, from The Godfather when the cop, the, you know, the, well, he's dressed as a cop. He fucking whacks the guy, the the lawyer guy going up the stairs of the courthouse. And the guy's, like, laying on the fucking, that's what I looked like. I was just, like, half on the stairs, half on the ground, just dead, you know? 
And I mean, again, I do what I got to do. I wanted to lay down, and now I'm like just staring up at this beautiful pale blue sky. I'm laying in the snow, and the snow is like able to like keep my body temperature at bay. So I'm not sweating anymore, if that makes sense. Kind of weird. Again, I got everything on my helmet, all of it. And I'm just laying on my back, and I'm like, yep, this is me. And I'm looking at the sky, a bird went by, and next thing you know, I'm out like a light. And Nick's, next thing you know, Nick's fucking kicking me and throwing snowballs at me and shit like that. I guess it's like 40 minutes later. I was out like a fucking light. Sprawled out like I got shot, you know, just like execution style on this fucking gazebo in the middle of Canaan, Vermont. There's nothing else to do. The people are scary. You know, the score, the store is scary. I mean, the whole joint is just bad news. The border's right there where that big-ass fucking uh, French guy that scared the shit out of us was. I'm all set, you know? And uh, he woke me up. He's like, you know, people are walking up to him, I guess, asking, like, is he all right? You know, your friend? <laughs> like, is he... Is he going to make it? Is he alive? Like, what's the matter, you know? guess they're not used to seeing a guy like me just sprawled out. You got to see the picture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post. I'm sure on the op for this here, uh, this episode, you're going to see it, you know? So go to the go to the Instagram page, Tanya Judgment Podcast. Check that out. So long story short, after a nice 40-minute nap, we got the fuck out of Dodge. We left there, and we hopped on the rail bed. And it was like 50% snurt, which is dirt and snow mixed. And the other 50% was just rocks and mud and water. Just disgusting, the worst conditions you want to ride in. Or so I thought. So we go and we're just riding through this shit. And I'm like, oh my fucking word. You know, I'm just like, and in my head, I'm like, how is it we always do this? Every time that we ride 10 out of 10 in the afternoon, we somehow, some way find some fucked up trail to end up on. And you're so far in at this point that, like, what do you do? You, you, do you turn around and you go through all the shit again? You know, when at this point, you're probably already, like, the halfway point to home. Like, you, you just end up having to tough it out or else you're an idiot. You know, I'm like, do I do I really want to go back through Canaan, Vermont again? Do I really want to put myself through that mental fucking stress and disgust? You know what I mean? I'm like, nah, nah. So we trudge it back. We ended up getting back. It was like uh, it was probably three, three thirty, something like that. You know, not bad. And we got back to Colebrook and we're passing through. I mean, I guess you could call it town, but it really isn't town. You know, it's, it's, it's the area surrounding it. And, I mean, we are on pavement. You know, we had to fill up and get gas over there at Lemieux's. I mean, we're like, you know, you could hear the carbides, you know, the, the little the little uh, skates, if you will, on the bottom of our skis just... I mean, I'm and at this point, I'm like, I have nothing left. I, I'm... I'm struggling turning because I know that mine are like ground down to nothing, which they are. Um, you know, I'm just like, fuck, man. So we get out of Lemuse, we go down the street, and the fucking Nick's, you know, obviously, like I said, we, we can communicate, we can talk to each other in the helmets and shit, and Nick's behind me away is fucking around at the gas station. I go, 
and I get to like this clearing where the trail is supposed to be. Now, I mean, you know, I'm speaking in layman's terms here for the people that are not, you know, up to spec with snowmobile. And I get it. It's not for everybody. I, I understand. Um, It's like snowshoeing. Not for me, but, you know, Sophie's uncle loves it. I love that he loves it. Good for you. That, my man. You know what I mean? Um, So, but for those that don't understand. So, I mean, picture this. Picture a road, right? Flat, wide, two-lane road. Cover it with four inches of snow. Don't put anything on it. That is what a snowmobile trail, and put it in the middle of the woods. That's what a snowmobile trail is supposed to look like. Well, I get up to this fucking intersection, and I'm just saying, oh, my God. He's like, what, what, what? I go, you are not going to believe this. I'm looking at where this is supposed to be a beautiful winding snow covered trail. I'm not even kidding guys. It is literally just mud and grass. It's just a muddy path through the woods. I'm like, "Oh shit. We really fucked up now." You know? And the temperature on my sled is going through the fucking roof. I'm like, "Shit. Like I can't even cool this thing down." Long story short, we we got through it. You know, we did what we had to do. We got back to the house. I'm like, listen, man, from now on, we fucking play it safe. You know, that's what we do. We play it safe. No more fucking adventuring and shit like that because it always ends up in failure. You know, he's like, yeah, I agree. So that was our uh, that was our, our Friday. Good. I mean, again, we always make the best of it. This is tainted judgment. You take a fucking shitty situation, you make the best out of it, you laugh your fucking ass off if you can. I mean, I get sometimes you can't, but, you know, do what you got to do. Have a good time regardless. So we go out, we uh, we grab dinner at the buffet, got to see Linda and the gang. It was awesome, as always. If you're in, uh, if you're in Colebrook, Pittsburgh, Errol, and you're not at the, you're not at the Zhao Feng buffet on a Saturday or Friday night, what are you doing with your life? You know what I mean? You need to really fucking dig in deep and reconsider like what 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 am I what am I doing here? You know? Why am I living the wrong lifestyle? You know? Get your ass down there, get you a fucking plate. They got pudding and shit like that after, you know, little crumpets, you know, donuts, whatever. I mean, come on. This is day one shit. Be a local. But we went there, boom, boom, boom. We had a great time. Um, went back to the cabin, you know, usual shit. Watched Medea again. Watched some uh, Arrested Development. Laughed our asses off. And then we went to bed. Next morning, oh, my God, we were just dragging our asses, you know. And this is where shit got a little fucked up. But, you know, we're just dragging our asses and kind of like, ah. So now it's like 11 o'clock. You know, obviously the snow has died down a little bit. We not we don't really know what to expect. You know what I mean? At this point, it's kind of like, well, it was warm last night. It's warm now. You know, some of the trails were pretty fucked up last night, you know, on our way back. Like, we're not expecting the world. You know what I mean? So we're like, fuck it. We'll go back out the way that we were yesterday morning. You know, we'll play it safe. So we go out. We go to this beautiful vista. We start our day there. See that? I mean, it was three minutes away from the house. I don't know why the fuck we've been neglecting it all season. But, I mean, it's just just beautiful. You can see, I mean, everything, you know? So we went there, took some pictures. I fucking, uh, 
you know, I, I like I said, I bought the fucking CKX helmet, which is illegal in the United States. I bought it over in Canada. I'm like, you know what? It's warm out. This is where this helmet shines. Let me fucking wear it. And in my head, you know, I've had this oxygen skidoo helmet for two seasons now. This thing is ugly as fucking all get out. You know what I mean? Doesn't look good at all. But when you put it on, you're home. You're like, yes, this is where I belong. You know, heated sun visor, heated uh, shield, like 190 degree field of vision. I mean, this thing is the fucking bee's knees. I've tried multiple helmets. Nothing holds a candle. Nothing, you know? So I'm like, yeah, in my in my head, I'm like, don't do it. But I, I said, fuck it. I'm going to wear it. So I put the new helmet on, you know? We ride. Everything was going good. We get to like the, I don't even know, like the 10th intersection. And... I'm like noticing that my shield is, you know, my goggles are fogging up. I'm like, what the fuck is this now, you know? And <laughs> I look down, and if you can imagine, like, remember the old, like, the old jacks, like, when you were playing video games, or like, you were plugging your VCR in, and it had, like, those, like, three jacks. One was orange. I mean, one was yellow, one was white, one was red, you know? And you plug that in, one would do sound, whatever. Well, that's how we, our heated visors and shit and, like, attachments for snowmobiles work. It's basically a cord that goes to whatever you're trying to power, and on the end of it, it's got one of those, you know, uh, VCR jacks. So I look down, and the little prong on it is just snapped off in my sled, and obviously, you know, the fucking head of it is missing off the cord. I'm like, fuck, fuck, because now... I'm 10, you know, I'm 10 intersections away from home, which doesn't sound like much, but I mean, it's a solid probably hour back and I can't see fucking anything. I mean, I put, I take the helmet off for two seconds, well, the, the, the goggles off for two seconds so they can defog themselves, put them back on. Literally, I can go one, two, three, four, fogged, done. Like, I can't see anything. So I'm like, fuck, what do I do? So I say to Nick, I'm like, uh, well, I flag him down because I don't even have the fucking communications hooked up yet. You know, it shows how prepared for like the worst I am. So I'm like, fuck. So I flag him down. He's he's riding like a rape date. You know what I mean? He's fucking going a million miles an hour. And uh, <laughs> fucking he's like, what's up? I'm like, ah, I'm like, I just snapped my fucking cord off. I'm like, so now I got to go home and try to figure something out. I'm like, this is. This is the worst case scenario for me. You know, it's just hell. And I'm like, fuck, and I'm kicking myself. I'm like, God damn it. You should have just wore the fucking helmet that you know is tried and true, and you're not going to worry about anything. But I'm like, I bought the fucking helmet. What am I going to do? Not wear it ever? You know what I mean? Because it's not, you know, the OG. You know, I'm trying to give everything a fair shake these days. And the helmet is no different. So I go out, and uh, we're just kind of shooting the shit. And meanwhile, this guy is over there and we can hear, he says, Southbridge, Mass. Or at least we thought. So our ears perk up, you know, I don't live far. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. So I'm like listening in. He's got the panels open on his sled. He's looking at his motor. I'm like, oh, this fucking guy, he just blew his shit up, you know, for sure, for sure, for sure. So we, uh, we see the, a couple guys that were in front of him. They take off. They're like, all right, well, good luck, man. 
and we see him pull out a fucking uh, a ratchet strap, and we already know what's the deal. We've done it. We've been there. Got the T-shirt, you know? So they go, what are you doing with that? You going to tow that thing back, you know, to your cabin or whatever? He goes, yeah, you know, it fucking, it won't start. Something's wrong with it. So it's a guy, his son, and his daughter. His daughter's on the blown up sled. So like, fuck, you know, we got rescued out of the, out of the woods by Terry and his beautiful wife. And that was a great time. And we're so appreciative of it. You know, we're like, we have to pay this for, we got this badass fucking, uh, toe strap, you know, with us. And we're like, we got to give it to him. It's only fair. You know, now we're putting, we're sticking our necks out there. Cause if we get stuck and we don't have the cord now because of them, we're fucked, you know, we're dead. So. We, long story short, you know, we go over there, you know, oh, yeah, we're from Mass. Oh, I'm from Mass. You know, I'm literally two towns over from him. Guy's never heard of the town. I'm like, that's great, you know. Fucking, uh, we set him up with the thing, and he's like, all right, how do you want me to get this thing back to you? Because we were like, oh, we definitely need it back. He's like, uh, well, you know, where are you staying? I'm like, oh, we're staying over here, which by car is like 10 minutes away. Not, Not the end of the world. So he's like, well, you know. I'll ride back and then, you know, I'll either take the sled to your house and drop it off or um, or you can come, you know, or, or I'll take my truck and, and meet you guys at your house. So I was like, yeah, if you beat us there in the unlikely event that you do, if you beat us there, just go in, drop it off in this area, you know, all set. But, you know, we already know we have to head back anyway because I'm fucked and I broke my cord like an idiot. And I don't have a spare, and I don't have any other way to back it up. So, um, so we're already like we're gonna beat these guys. So they go. We sit there for a couple more minutes, bullshitting, having a good time, making snowmen and shit. And then uh, we take off, and you know we ended up passing them. You know they made pretty good distance. We were shocked, like because I'm sitting there going like, God damn, like they left like five minutes before us, but, like, we're almost home, and, like, we haven't even seen these guys. Holy shit, you know? They're fucking hauling the mail. So we we, we ended up passing them, you know, everything good? Yeah, 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 we'll see you in a little bit, whatever. So we fly out. We end up getting home. We're like, we definitely beat them, you know? So we get in the car. Now, now at this point, we're like, it's probably one in the afternoon because, again, we got a late start. We're like, fuck, man, like, what do you want to do? Obviously, you want to go back out. I can ride Sophie's sled. Not the end of the world. You know what I mean? It's two up. So we go, and uh, he goes, well, I'm starving. I go, yeah, I'm starving too. The friggin' prick. Now, there's nothing. We thought that we weren't going to be having the house again. So we took everything of value and that was edible for us out of the house. So we've got nothing in the house, or at least so I thought. So I'm like, fuck, man. I'm like, let's just let's just take my truck. We'll go down, we'll, we'll drive down, because I'm not riding my shit through town again. I'm like, we'll just drive down, we'll get lunch at the Black Bear, we'll fucking leave there, come back, grab our shit, and we'll take off. Hopefully, by the time we're done, this guy will have the strap back. So we're like, yeah, that's a great idea. So, well, we decide to just meet the guy at his, uh, his condo. Now, we got no mode of co- contact with him. We didn't get his fucking phone number like idiots, you know? So we're driving... And literally two minutes from the house, the fucking guy passes us. We don't know this. So we ride all the we drive all the way to this guy's house. It sounds like, 
like it's no big deal. Oh, 10 miles away. I mean, 10 minutes away. Big fucking deal, John. Yeah, well, the roads are muddy. It's like the mud season already up there. It's just fucking disgusting. The truck is sinking. My idiotic truck that I bought has fucking uh, not even all-terrain tires. They're like fucking street tires. They're good for absolutely nothing at all, you know, unless you have a perfect California dry pavement day. They're just absolutely useless, especially in the winter or the mud season. So, you know, we passed these guys two minutes from the house. Like, oh, that wasn't them. Well, it was. We drive all the way to their cabin. We got fucking turned around. The GPS says it's, you know, in one spot. It's completely not. It's like five minutes away in the opposite direction. We passed it. Go over there, knock on the door. His daughter comes out barefoot. We're like, ah, fuck, you know, here we go. So we're like, hey, you know, we're here for the strap. She's like, oh, nobody told you? I'm like, told us what? She's like, yeah, he fucking, uh, he, he, he's driving to you. We're like, ah, oh, what's he driving? She's like, oh, blue, uh, whatever it was. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, that was that guy that we passed. Damn. So we're like, all right, no big deal. So get in the car. We drive back. Fucking see the guy stop. Oh, did you leave it? Yeah, he left it. He's like, oh, you know, I can't believe you guys came out looking for us. Like, yeah, man, we bought the strap. He's like, wow, all that for a strap? We're like, listen, pal, (laughs) you'll do some naughty things. I'm not going to say what my guys usually say, but you'll do some naughty things for a fucking strap in the middle of the woods, you know? And if we were to go back out and didn't have it, we definitely would have broke down. Just the way it goes. You know, you got to be fucking careful. Cross your T's and dot your J's, you know? So... We ended up going to lunch. Nick had a fucking bang and headache, so we went, got him some Advil, and uh, got back to the house. He took a shit. Got a weak stomach, this kid, you know? So he takes a shit, hang out for about five minutes, and we're like, listen, I was like, if we don't get out of here now, we're never going to ride for the rest of the day. I'm like, so if, if that's the case, fine, I'll go put the shit in the trailer, but like, we need to go if we're going to go. Before we start getting sleepy and shit like that, and stinky, you know? So, um, so he's like, yeah, you're right. So we fucking got on the sled. I brought Sophie's two up up. So, you know, I was like, we're here. It's the two of us. We might as well try it. Hop on the back. So he's on the back. We got this fucking funny video. I'm going to post it. He's got this fucking funny video. We're ripping through the field. Fucking thing is just a torque monster, you know? Thing wants to pull hole shots and fucking wheelies. I mean, it's just an obnoxious, long, goofy sled, you know? But it's just a fucking a tank, you know? So, long story short, we ended up going back out. We rode. By the time we got back out, it was like 4.30, you know? And we ended up doing a night ride, man. I mean, the fucking sunset and everything was just... 10 out of 10, you know, and we pull over, man, cotton candy sky, you know, when the sky is just fucking pink and blue and orange and just like sailor's delight, you know, just amazing, just 10 out of 10 sky, like the shit that you, you dream about. There was this beautiful, like we were coming up over this crest and it literally, it literally looked like the fucking Patagonia symbol, you know, it was just amazing. Took some pictures of that and I said to him, I go, you know, Cause again, now I'm wearing my fucking, I'm back to my normal helmet and I'm like, you know what, man? I'm like, if this is the last ride of the season, it was a good one. I go, there's no better way 
than to close this out like this. I go looking out at the mountains and the fucking sunset and the views. I mean, this is just fucking nuts, you know? And we just ended up riding, man. We fucking ride around, have a good time. We got down to a couple of intersections. It's pitch black. We're like, you know what, man? I'm like, I'm enjoying it. I don't know about you. He's like, no, I am too. So we ended up going. We didn't get back in, I think, till like 8 o'clock, you know? It was just, it was awesome. And an awesome end of the season, you know? Like I said, I mean, there's, there's potential we could go back out, but, I mean, I'm I'm doubtful. My, my A50 was getting a little grumpy towards the end. I think I need new spark plugs, you know? But, uh, you know, so... If that is it, I'm content. I'm satisfied. Definitely a 1,500-mile-plus uh, uh, season for me, you know, which riding in New Hampshire is no easy feat, especially when you got to drive up there every weekend. God damn, you know what I mean? But uh, great, great time, you know. Then uh, tonight, well, actually about an hour ago, I got back from uh, – um, a nice dinner with some good friends, some good childhood friends of mine, uh, Zach and Austin. Shout out to them. It's crazy how it's crazy how once you get out of high school, how fast time flies. You know, it's just nuts. You know, last night, you know, I haven't seen these guys. You know, in my head, I'm like, I haven't seen these guys in a few years. You know. But I started doing the math, and I'm like, let me let me really think about this, you know? I dropped out of high school in October of 2014. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I really didn't have, you know, it wasn't the three of us together probably at least six months before that. And I'm like, fuck. That's like early 2014. That means that almost 10 years have gone by. We haven't gotten together in 10 years, pretty much. I'm like, that's fucking insane. Like, stop and think for a second. Like, damn, when did I get out of high school? I'm sure that shit's going to make your jaw drop. It's sad in a way, really. I mean, like, I'm, I'm just like, fuck, you know? But we went out to dinner. Had an awesome kick-ass time. A lot of laughs, a lot of memories, you know, a lot of catching up. It's amazing how, like, we're a good group of guys, you know. So for the most part, we've all, you know, I mean, of course, you mature over time and shit like that, but it felt like old times again, you know what I mean? Energy was right, you know what I mean? It's amazing when you got the right people, you know, how uh, how great things can be, you know? So looking forward to doing that again for sure. Definitely had a good time. I think uh, I think it's finally time to kind of let the uh, let the bird out of the cage on this one, you know, because I, I I told the guys this at dinner and it shocked the shit out of them because you know obviously we're friends and everything like that we haven't talked you know well we haven't seen each other in person in many years but you know we always talk and shit like that and um. You know, they asked me about Gromit, which, you know, probably about 10 episodes ago now, you know, I had notified you guys that, you know, Sophie and I got a new adopted dog and, you know, everything was good and shit like that. Um, It's time to, you know, talk about what happened because 
nobody knows this. I really didn't. I didn't post about it. I didn't allude to it on the podcast. And when I told the guys this, it shocked the shit out of them. But as you know, you know, or if you don't know, I adopted a dog, Sophie and I, and you know, basically this was this was the process. You know, we went down to to you know, quick little recap. We went down to New York, um, picked them up from a rescue there. Um, you know, brought him back. He was a little bit nervous and timid. And, you know, I mean, you got to give rescue animals time to adapt and shit like that, you know, and, and I'm, I understand that, you know, so things were going great. You know, like I said, he had a little bit of aggression with my mom, you know, but you know, you don't know what they've been going through. So, you know, I'm like, well, we'll work on that. No big deal. It's all good. Well, about probably three weeks into his uh, stay at my house, I was coming back from Maine and I got a phone call from Soph and she says, hey, um, something just happened and I, I just want to let you know about it. And I go, OK, I go, is everything OK? First and foremost. So she goes, yeah, no, no, everything's fine. I just, you know, I want to alert you to something. I go, okay, what's up? So she goes, well, Gromit took it upon himself to grab an ornament off the tree. I go, oh, that's funny. She goes, well, not really. You know, he took it and he had it on the floor. And, you know, it was it was like a, you know, when kids make those bullshit like gingerbread cookie ornaments. I don't even know how the fuck they make them. I don't know if they're made out of cardboard or what, but... It's basically like a gingerbread cookie. I think they cover it in like shellac. It's like like glue or something. And it's like an ornament that'll stay like that forever. So she says, you know, I didn't want him to eat it because I don't know what's in it. I don't know if it's glue, you know, shit like that. Her kids had made it for her. So we hung it up on the tree, you know, cute, you know, whatever. So she says, I went over to grab it and I didn't even get, you know, within two feet of it. And he snapped at me, and he growled at me, and it just got very scary. Now, Sophie's been attacked. You know, we had an incident, funny enough, well, not funny, but, you know, several years ago, she was looking to get a dog. Well, we were looking to get a dog. We went up to uh, to Western Mass and looked at a dog for a couple hours. Everything seemed great, and right at the end, the dog bit her, mauled her, and it was just a nightmare. You know, she's got a big scar now. She's good, obviously, but, you know, it was very, very traumatic, you know? So, obviously, once something like that happens, you know, you've got a, a, a form of PTSD towards that situation, you know? And me, you know, I always treat dogs. And I feel like everybody should do this. I don't know why people are so, like, ignorant and so quick to, like, oh, well, you know, it's just a dog. Like, he's cute, whatever. I always look at a dog as a wild animal, you know, and you call me an asshole, whatever you want. I I, I don't care. I'll, I'll take it, you know, but I'm very cautious around dogs, you know, even a cat. I'm, I'm cautious around. I'm, I don't want to put my face around it because you never know, you know. So, you know, it scared the shit out of us. She goes, I'm scared. You know, I just wanted to let you know how far away you I'm like. I'm I'm like two hours out, you know. So I get back to the house. It's around five o'clock and um, we normally feed him at six. So I said, well, you know, she eventually ended up getting the cookie away from him just to, you know, clarify. So you guys don't think he fucking ate it. But 
Um, you know, so I got back and it's like, uh, you know, like I said, it's about five o'clock. So we feed him at six. I'm like, all right, let's feed him at six. Let's see what's going on now. You know, we don't have a lot of foot traffic in here. We don't have kids in the house, shit like that. You know what I mean? So, but however, you know, we need to like, we, we, we have the understanding that, you know, we need to make sure that he's okay with people because, we do have visitors from time to time. They may or may not have an animal with them. You know, there's times where we're going to go away. He needs to be with people and, you know, different people. My mother, her mother, you know. So he needs to be he needs to be social and he can't be food aggressive. And I know that that's I found out now, you know, call me ignorant, call me dumb. I I did not know this. I'm sorry. You know, I never dealt with this with my previous rescue fajita. Never in a million years. So six o'clock comes around and I said, okay, well, let's feed him. So we ended up feeding him while I fed him. And I kind of was about, I would, I would say I was probably about three feet away from him. And I was just kind of like, like in a crouch position, kneeling type deal. And I was just, you know, watching him eat. And he's got this, like, look in his eyes, looking at me out of the corner of his eye. You know what I mean? And I'm kind of like, all right, like, you know, maybe he's good, you know, because, I mean, this is probably as close as Soph got when he got nasty and, you know, whatever. So I'm sitting there, and he did something, you know. He might have growled, and I think I just went, hey. And as soon as I did that, um, he turned around. He lunged at me and he bit me in the face and basically split the bottom of my eyelid open. He gashed my forehead uh, all around the uh, the eyebrow area. I mean, it was it was it was jarring, you know. And I mean, you know, again, call me an idiot, you know. Well, you deserve it, whatever, you know. I'll take it. I I I'm not a dog trainer, guys. I'll never. You know, that's one thing about me, and you should be the same way. You know, call a spade a spade. If you don't know what, you know, if you're not a professional at a certain thing, don't act like you are, you know? Know when to hold them and when to fold them, you know? And I'm not a dog trainer. I'm sorry, you know? I've had one rescue in my life. It was a female, totally different bag of apples. I didn't notice shit, you know what I mean? So don't, don't, don't fucking judge me too hard and and shit like that, you know, but he bit me, you know, and at this point, Sophie's screaming bloody murder. He went back to eating, which, you know, kind of tells me that he was kind of like asserting his dominance and letting me know like, Hey, I'm not to be fucked with, you know, this is my shit, you know, this is my house type thing, you know, which was the same behavior he was giving to Sophie earlier in the day, which, you know, you can't have that, you know? And again, he's a rescue. You don't know what he went through, shit like that, you know. So he bit me, like I said, split my eyelid, my eyelid open, shit like that. Blood is gushing into my eye. I thought for sure that I lost my eye. I, you know, because blood's in there. Everything went dark. I couldn't see anything. I'm like, fuck. But, you know, I'm trying to calm. So again, I'm very good in high tense stress you know, uh, situations. And I'm like, honey, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. 
and I'm lying through my ass because I'm like, I'm blind. Fuck, shit, this sucks, you know, whatever. No more snowmobiling for me, I guess, you know. But I go in the bathroom, I rinse my eye out, clean the wounds out, clean all the scratches out, shit like that. The bastard got me good. And, uh, you know, I ended up, uh, I put him in the crate. I was able to get him in the crate and kind of just quarantined him off. You know, and it's one of those moments, you know. I mean, you have to make a decision. You know, clearly the dog needs severe training, you know. And, I mean, we had been working with him on things and doing the best that we could, you know. I mean, we had him for several weeks, and he certainly, by no <laughs> stretch of the imagination, he was he uh, uh, an A-plus dog, you know. I mean, he had a lot of quirks to him. And the weirdest thing about it was that he seemed like he was getting better. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm like, wow, he's coming around. You know, he was doing good with certain guests coming in the house and shit like that. So we're like, all right. You know, he actually spent the whole weekend with with Sophie's mother and her dog. Not one incident, no bullshit, you know, no growling, no aggression, nothing, you know. And uh, so we're like, great, this is fantastic. And then this happens. I mean, it just it shocked the shit out of us, you know. So I kind of, you know, Sophie and I made the decision. We said, you know, we, 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 you know, again, she's got the PTSD from her bite. You know, now she's got this going on. You know, she's, she's scared, you know, and understandably so. And I mean, you know, I'm timid, you know, I, like I say before, I mean, I always expect this shit, you know what I mean? I expect it, but I don't, you know what I mean? And this was, this was jarring to say the least. So, you know, she says, we got to get rid of him. We have to bring him back. So we contacted our uh, our representative that we've been dealing with from the rescue. And we explained the situation. And I said, look, you know, and I'm going to be very, because, you know, this is like, this is some crazy bullshit. You know what I mean? But this is the way that it went down. So I call them and, you know, she answers the phone. And I said, hey, how you doing? I said, first of all, I want to start off by saying, I'm okay, we're okay, we just shook up. She says, oh my God, what happened? So I said, well, you know, we've got Gromit, um, he bit me in the face, I said, and as a result, we need to, uh, we would need to return him back to you guys. Um, we don't want him in the house, we need him out as soon as possible, you know, because obviously... If he's in the house with us, we need to take care of him. We need to interact with him. And quite frankly, we're we're shooken up, you know. I mean, this is not we just I just got bit in the face, you know. She certainly doesn't want to handle him. I'm very, you know, nervous about handling him, you know. So she instructed us to quarantine him. She says throw him throw him in a room, take away all of his toys, and then um I will get all the forms and everything to you guys. That way you can, you know, start the process about returning them. So I said, okay, fantastic. When can we expect to hear back from you? So she goes, oh, you'll hear back tomorrow. Don't worry about it. In the meantime, keep them quarantined, you know. All right, fine. We can do that. So, you know, now it's the next day. And again, you know, I mean, he's in the fucking house. What am I going to do? Treat him like shit. Leave him in the crate. You know, fucking not let him live his life. You know, I mean, I got to take him out in the morning, 
take him for his walk, you know, feed him as, you know, nerve-wracking as that was. You know, I mean, it's, you know, you got to you gotta treat him like a dog. You know, you can't fucking, you can't just, you know, treat him like a piece of shit, you know. I mean, he's doing what he's got to do. So, uh, long story short, I mean, two days go by and we hear nothing. So, I'm like, all right, you need to, well, it's not not quite two days, about a day and a half. I'm like, all right, you need to reach out to them and you need to figure out what the fuck, what, what do they want to do? Stop dragging their asses. Let's fucking go, you know? So, she reaches back out and nothing again. I, well, well, she says, oh, they didn't reach out to you. I'm going to send you the form myself. So she sends over the form. We complete it. She hooks us up with some bullshit uh, email service where you got to talk to them about what happened and explain and whatever. So and they want proof and whatever. So, you know, we do everything. A day goes by. Still don't hear nothing. Now it's like three days that we've got to take care of this dog. She's still a wreck. I'm still nervous about it. I mean, you know, what the fuck, you know? I, obviously, I'm not going to repeat myself. We want him out, you know? He's got to go. So after, like, prying and trying to get a hold of them, you know, messaging them, calling them, um, you know, finally we hear a response via email. Now, there's no phone number besides the broad that we've been dealing with. There's no phone number to reach these guys whatsoever right so i'm like that's already that that's shady that's strike one to me so they basically said (laughs) they basically said all right we're gonna find him a new foster home however in the meantime as per your contract you're responsible for housing him until we find a foster home and um you're responsible for bringing him back to New York. So, you know, as if the you got to bring him back to New York isn't already the biggest kick in the fucking balls ever, you know, I, you know, because I mean, again, you got to get him in the fucking crate. Well, you got first you got to get the crate in the car, then get him into the crate, into the car, which is a job in itself. Now, I mean, I don't know what I'm dealing with. I don't know what's going to set him off. Am I going to try to pick him up and put him in the crate? And he fucking bites me. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Anything is, anything is on the table at this point. So, so I, I go. Let me ask you something. Just out of curiosity, how long can this whole process take? Of you know, you finding, uh, you know, a a a person who would we be willing to foster an aggressive dog? And they're like, really, we don't know. There is no. It, it could it's it's not going to be a week it's going to be it could be months it could be six months we don't we really don't know so i go oh great so now i gotta house this dog that my wife is afraid of i'm quite frankly afraid of who has bitten me and will probably do it again like <laughs> this is what we gotta do now i gotta house this fucking guy so i go well if you'd like you could bring him to uh to a kennel and I'm like, whoa, 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 stop traffic because, and this is all over email. Again, there's no phone call, no phone number to reach these guys. Very, very shady right off the rip. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a second. So you're telling me that I got to house this dog 
or I got to pay, what, 40 to $50 a day to send them to a kennel. And I'm basically going to have to lie to them because I go, we both know that a kennel is where you go to drop, you know, a, a, a good dog while you go, you know, to your, to your vacation home in the Hamptons and you can't bring your dog or you're going on a trip or whatever. You don't, you know, it's not fair to, to the people that work there or the other dogs that the dog is going to be free to roam around with that I drop off a, 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 a knowingly aggressive dog, you know, just willy nilly because I can't tell them that. So I'm like, you know, you guys know this. And they're like, well, we don't know what to tell you then. You're going to have to store them at home. So I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. This is this is like, I can't even believe that this is happening. You know, they could have, and this was like, now it's like Thursday. I was just hoping that they would say, you know, listen, guys, bring them, bring them back to New York. I'm sorry you got to do it, but bring them back to New York on Friday, you know, tomorrow night or whatever. I think I had the day off anyway to go snowmobile or some bullshit like that. Um, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll take him back and it'll be all set. You know, all right, what's the big deal? I'm out, I'm out of $200 in gas. Big fucking deal. Boo-hoo, right? You know, that was what I was hoping for. And that's, you know, I figured that they would work with us and do something like that. Nope, they didn't. So, long story short, you know, we're just... We're, we're, we're going through every option in our head. We're like, what do we do? You know, we can't have them in the house. We're both afraid. They want us to put them in a kennel, which, I mean, is that's so wrong for the people that it's not even funny for the reasons I just stated. Maybe, and I, and I just come up with this idea. I go, maybe animal control will house him for the time being. I don't know how animal control works. You know, it is what it is. So I call the local animal control. Now, it's like 9 o'clock at night. You know, Soph and I, we're arguing about it. I mean, this is like super stressful. And at the time, I mean, you know, I'm having issues with my truck. My truck is a piece of shit. I just spent, you know, 60 grand on it. You know, I mean, it's just like everything was like compacting into a... You ever see those dung beetles from Africa? They just take a little turd, like a mouse turd, and then they roll it up with all kinds of other, you know, balls of shit. And by the end, they got a fucking uh, a, a big ball, one big round ball of shit the size of a fucking rhinoceros, a dung beetle, you know? That's how life was seeming at the time. Everything was just compounding and looked gloomy, and it was miserable, you know? So we were in a tough spot, you know? So I said, let me call Animal Control. Let me see what they recommend. Maybe they'll house them, you know, whatever. So it's 9 o'clock. I get on the phone. I get through. Um, I speak with this woman. And, you know, she says, you know, I'm not really sure what the process on something like that is. Let me talk to my supervisor in the morning. I'll reach out to you by the afternoon. So I go, okay, fair enough. You know, at this point, I'm like, there's not even really a rush because either way, it seems like I got to fucking hold on to this guy, you know? And I'm trying to, I'm not only trying to expedite this for me and for Soph. I'm trying to expedite this for him, you know? Because as per instruction, I was told to keep him in quarantine 
until they find somebody. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to keep this guy in the crate, you know, not being a dog, away from people, no toys, you know, I mean, for God knows how long, six months, a year, for God, for God's sake, I mean, what am I supposed to fucking do, you know? I want to make this as easy and painless for everybody. So later that afternoon, the following day, I get a phone call from uh, from the woman down there at the, uh, the pest control. I mean, the, uh, <laughs> the pest control. He is a pest, but uh, from the uh, the animal control. And she says, look, um, unfortunately, I got some bad news. And, you know, I'm I'm just expecting her to say, you know, we can't house him. You got to hold on to him, you know. So I'm like, all right, whatever. But so I go, well, what is it? You know, she goes, uh, well, unfortunately, he bit you. And as per the town and the state's uh, policy, once it's reported, he's got to go. So this Tuesday, again, this is a Friday now. They said this Tuesday coming up. Uh, he needs to be, uh, euthanized. He needs to be put down. So I'm like, shit, man, you know, like, fuck, what, what do you do? You know? Yeah. He bit me. Yeah. It sucks. You know, but I mean, is it, is it a, is it a, uh, an offense punishable by death? I don't really know. You know, at the time I just really wanted to I was hoping to see him get the help that he needed, but clearly that's no longer an option. So I said, all right. I said, you know, and we, we made the arrangements. She told me how much it was going to be. Um, She said, you know, do you want to hold on to him until then or do you want to drop it over here for X amount of dollars a night? I said, well, I said again. You know, we're, 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 we're nervous around him. I'm sure he's reading that energy. He's probably on edge as well. Um, I think it's best that we drop him off. So later that night, that evening, uh, she met me over there at the uh, animal control, dropped him off, and, uh, you know, that following Tuesday, he was put down. You know, heavy shit. Heavy shit. Tough, you know? I mean, again, you know, it's, like I said, it sucks to get bit and shit like that, but, you know, we don't know what he's been through, <laughs> you know, and I'm not, trust me, I'm not the guy that sits there and, you know, says, oh, you know, like when Sophie got bit, I can't even tell you the number of people that said, well, she, it's her fault, it's her fault, you know, and that's just such bullshit, you know, people are so quick to jump on the fucking, the, the, the bandwagon and, you know, oh, you know, like, like the dog can do no wrong. You know, I'm not that guy. You know, I call it like it is. He fucked up at the end of the day. He fucked up. And I think he knew that he fucked up, you know, but am I going to treat him like a piece of shit and keep him in the crate and whatever and abuse? No, absolutely not. You know, so it just, it just stung a little bit. You know, it, it was tough dropping them off there, you know, I mean, you, you you go into it with so much excitement, and I mean, you know, we had gone through the awful process, as I told you guys before, you know, of trying to rescue a dog, you know, they make this shit harder to fucking rescue a dog than, like, adopting a child, and, I, and I've actually heard that from people, that it's, it's, it's 
harder to adopt a chi- uh, a dog than it is to adopt a child. Like that's a fact, you know. The list of requirements is just so unrealistic and ridiculous that it's just it's amazing that they, you know, it's almost like they don't even want you to rescue the dog, you know? It's weird. It's it's very fucking weird. But you know, we dropped them off and and that was it, you know? And I wanted to share this part, too, because, you know, once all this went down, you know, it cost us, you know, $500 to buy him, you know, to to rescue him. And he wasn't neutered at the time. Um, So we had to pay an additional $100 that was going to be refundable when he got neutered, pending it was done within 30 days, you know, which that was red flag number one, you know. No phone number was number two, but that was already like, it's very weird. And he wasn't, he wasn't a puppy, you know, he was several years old and it's very rare that you find a rescue that doesn't, that doesn't spay and neuter their animals, you know, just, it it was very weird. And I, I remember even going into it being like, uh, that's a little fucking wonky, but whatever, you know? And I mean, I didn't look into it too much, you know? But we were sitting around one night and we're trying to contact these guys. We're, I mean, I must have sent three or four emails to these guys saying, hey, you know, obviously this went down. And I mean, I had to notify them like, hey, listen, you can't get the dog back now. He's been ordered. He's been sentenced to death by the state of Massachusetts. Um, and... That's it, you know, so basically this this whole situation of bringing them back and, you know, housing them is over. And, you know, they're like, that is fine. We need proof, blah, 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 which we, which we gave them, you know. So I said, you know, obviously we couldn't get them neutered. You know, what about getting that their $100 back? You know, I mean, we just guys, you know, and I mean, you can be like, well, wow, like, these guys don't want to fucking, you know, listen. We already took a, a $500 loss, and I, I and I said that. I go, listen, the $500, I get it. You know, I read the contract. I understand, you know, non-refundable. It's in black and white. I'm good, you know? But the $100, I mean, come on, what the fuck, you know? And ironically enough, the date that he was scheduled to get neutered, um was the day that he had to be put down, you know, weird how things work. So, you know, they basically just stopped responding to me. And I'm going, this is, this is like, I'm just getting such a bad fucking scam vibe from these guys. I I really am. And I'm going to put their name out there. Fuck it. I, I, I've been trying to not do it, but I've had enough. And their name is Waldo's Rescue out of New York. I'm done being Mr. Nice Guy. So I decide to to do a little bit of research. I know it's late in the game. I should have did it leading up to it. But, you know, you try to... I'm always so pessim- pessimistic and so quick to judge people. And unfortunately for me, usually I'm right. You know? But I'm like, you know what? I'm with Sophie on this one. You know, they're good people. They're a rescue. What the fuck? They they got their 501C, whatever the fuck it's called. You know, 
uh, certificate to rescue and shit like that from the state of New York. They're legit, you know? So I I searched their name, Waldo's Rescue, in the uh in the Google. Just for just for shits and giggles. I'm 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 really not I'm not expecting too much. Maybe a review here or a review there about how, you know, they got a dog and it was it was no good or whatever. No, 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 no. Not even what I found was just mind-blowing, you know, and and I really wasn't even prepared for it, really. The third thing that comes up for them is a New York Post article saying, this is the headline, Waldo's rescue pen left vulnerable vulnerable dogs suffering, ex-employee alleges. Yeah, yeah, this is nuts. And I'm just going to read, I'm just going to kind of give you the cliff notes, you know? As it turns out, the people, the the owner, and this is all public shit. I mean, you can go online and see this shit. You can look it up. I mean, honestly, look it up because it's fucking nuts. The article is crazy. But the broad that owns it, Emily Dyson, I guess... <laughs> is known for, you know, her co-workers, well, the people that have worked for her have said that she's thrown, like, dead dogs in dumpsters. Um, I think there was something in there about rehoming dogs that really shouldn't have been rehomed. Um, you know, they're, they got, you know, these people got attacked on the job, and she was saying, you know, don't don't think about uh, collecting on the, you know, don't don't t- say that it happened here at work so it doesn't affect my insurance. I mean, just like all kinds of shit. I mean, it's just fucking nuts, you know? So as it turns out, these guys are total fucking scumbags and they're scam artists and Emily fucking knows it, you know? I'm not going to say the other broad's name because I don't know if she's just working there and she's stuck in the mix, but if, if you're listening to this in the unlikely event that you are, you too can go fuck yourself, you know. I thought she was gonna I really thought she was gonna reach back out and go, listen, guys, I am so sorry. You know, just lick your wounds and, you know, be done with it. You know, it's it's just shady thing going on over here. She had me fooled. She really did. I mean, they all did, you know? And you know, if there's one thing that, you know, me finding that out, you know, kind of made things a little bit better with the decision to, well, I mean, it wasn't a decision. We were told he had to be put down, you know. I said to Soph, I go, you know, it's 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 good in a way that he got put down because this is like the third time he went to a foster home. This was going to be, I think, I think this was going to be the third time he went to a foster home. I mean, obviously we adopted him, but he had been at two different foster homes prior. And... You know, I said, what what would have happened had we have brought him back? You know, would he have ended up in the dumpster like the other dogs, you know, or abused or malnourished or, you know, I mean, we don't know. Would they have abused him? Would they have treated him like shit? You know, again, he's a punk. He's an asshole. He bit me in the fucking face. You know what I mean? I wanted to kill him myself, you know? 
But you got to be the bigger person. You got to be a responsible, you know, owner and shit like that. You can't fucking do that shit, you know? And we tried. But I'm like, you know, he's at peace now. He can't attack anybody else, you know, whether it was going to happen again or not. Now it's, you know, it's, it's it will definitely never happen again. And he's not going back to those fucking scumbags, you know? It was just, you know, it, it kind of made the whole thing a little bit easier for both of us, you know? But seriously, go check out that article. I mean, it's it's fucking it, it's it's amazing. It's it's insane. It's it's scary, really. And I'm just like, how the fuck are these guys still funded? You know what I mean? Like, ah. it just makes you, it makes me like, it, it raised a whole nother level of, of pessimism. You know, I'm just like, fuck. Even these guys are douchebags, you know? Everywhere you turn, somebody's out to shaft you. Or somebody's a scumbag, you know? It's awful. And it's even worse when animals are involved. You know, what's worse than a fucking ASPCA commercial, you know? You're having a good day. Everything's awesome, you know? Fucking birds are chirping. The bees are buzzing, you know? Fucking, it's about 62 degrees, you know? You're in the sun. You're just a little warm. You go into the shade. You cool right You cool right down, you know? It's got that little nip in the air still when the wind's blowing. It's fucking dynamite, you know? And then you're sitting there and you watch... And the fucking ASPCA, you hear uh, Sarah McLaughlin come on, you know, in the arms of an angel. Oh, it just, it breaks your fucking heart, you know? And you're going, oh, God, why are they doing this? And for whatever reason, you get, like, in a fucking, your hand, like, seizes up. You can't even find the strength to fucking change the channel, you know? I don't know anybody to this day that has succeeded in changing the fucking channel when that shit comes on, you know? Just like your whole body seizes up and you're just like in a fucking trance, you know? And it's just making you sad and shit, you know? And it's just like nothing worse than animal abuse or treating animals like shit, you know? Because you got to look at them like the beauty that they are, you know what I mean? Was Gromit an asshole? Yeah, you know? In a way, did he get what he deserved? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I'm joking, but you know, you you, you got to treat things with respect, with animals with respect. You got to see them for the beauty that they are. You know what I mean? It's like a fucking, like a fucking uh, grizzly bear. You know, like I saw this Instagram video. This fucking guy, he's hunting mountain lions out in Montana, and he's got his his his, his coon hound. You know, and they got this fucking mountain lion. It really wasn't even corner. It was just like, sitting there, and it's hissing at him and shit like that, and uh, then, like, the video stops for a second and pans, and it goes back to the kid. He's, like, in selfie mode, and his fucking lip is hanging off. The side of his face is gashed right open. I mean, like, he this fucking mountain lion fucked him right up, you know? And it's, like, even something like that, awful, you know, what an asshole, the animal, you know, but it's, like, at the end of the day, you got to look at it like, wow, what a beautiful fucking creature, you know? And so was Gromit, you know? And, you know, when I was at dinner, and the whole reason why I said this and brought this up on the podcast was because, you know, I'm at dinner, and they're like, oh, you know, how's things going with the dog? And I realized, I go, shit, I really didn't tell anybody. 
And they're like, oh, is he adjusting well? And I go, no, he's dead. You know, and they're like, oh, <laughs> fucking John, you're still the same guy. You know what I mean? And uh, no, how is he? I'm like, no, he's dead. Oh, you fucking you animal. No, I'm serious. How? I go, listen, he's fucking dead. And I broke down the whole situation. And it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's unfortunate, you know. And I mean, they were fucking, they were shocked, you know. And not even like so much about the bite. I mean, that's crazy in and of itself. But like the, the, the fucking aftermath, you know, the dealing with this asshole rescue and telling me I got to front the bill, you know. I wholeheartedly believe, in my opinion, that this is a scam that they have going on. I think they take dogs that they know are probably not suitable for homes and they pawn them off to people and the people take them and they have to give them back and they just keep recycling these dogs. And I I believe truly that if we would have went, well, if, if he never would have been ordered, you know, to be, uh, you know, sentenced to death, that he probably would have ended up at some bullshit foster home or back at the rescue and they would have treated him like shit and some other poor family wouldn't have been warned about it and would have been told about it, you know? And I mean, I want to make it clear, you know? The reason why he left the first foster home was because he wasn't great with, I guess, puppies. I think puppies were just a little bit too much. You know, they're full of energy and they're nippy and shit like that. And I think it was just too much. So I, th- I believe that was situation number one. Situation number two was his foster mom, foolishly, in my opinion, took him to her job and her co-worker came into a cubicle and he jumped up and and he just, I think he barked at her, you know, and it was an aggressive bark and it scared the foster lady. Now, they told us about these things. And, you know, I mean, again, you know, we're looking at it objectively. We go, okay. So the first time he was around puppies, okay, you know, not every dog is great around puppies. I mean, that's a known fucking fact of life. Secondly, this lady takes him to her fucking job and locks him in a cubicle. We don't know what he's been through. Why would you do something like that? Leave him at home, you know, while you go to work. I mean, what the fuck, you know? So I'm like, you know, he was probably scared, you know, he's cornered. And that's what, when we spoke with the foster mom who had him and went through this, that's what she said. You know, he was in a corner. You know, he might have felt cornered and scared, you know. So, I mean, you got to take that shit with a grain of salt. It wasn't like he was, you know, just kind of chilling out in this big open room and ran after somebody and bit him. You know, I mean, the circumstances seemed like, seemed mundane enough for us to say, okay, well, we're willing to take him on. We took on Fajita as an older rescue. He's younger, you know. And we're willing to put the work in and make him the dog that he deserves to be and give him the life that he deserves. I mean, we went out. I mean, guys, we bought all kinds. I mean, hundreds of dollars worth of toys, leashes, um, custom name tag. I mean, you know, I mean, the future was so bright, you know what I mean? And it just sucks that all that went down, you know? So I just wanted to come on here and, you know, shoot the shit with you guys for a little bit, obviously. But I, I wanted to I wanted to set the record straight on that. You know, I, I don't like holding anything back from you guys. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're family at this point. You know, this is fucking this is tainted judgment, you know. So that is it. You know, uh, 
I hope you guys have a great night, you know, and uh, I know I certainly did. Have a great day, whatever. Have a great weekend. We were planning to go up north. Probably not going to happen. Like I said, I think the season's over. I just got to run up there at some point and get my fucking trailer. But uh, amazing season. Amazing past couple months, you know. Of course, uh, <coughs> of course, you know, the grommet situation was rough and it sucked. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. That's life. Sometimes you get thrown fucking... Uh, the perfect pitch, sometimes you get curveballs, you know? You really never know what's going to happen. And that's the main thing. Just keep on keep on chugging, you know what I mean? But I want you guys to, uh, to go out tonight, and I want you to listen to a song by uh, Mr. David Bowie. It's called Ziggy Stardust, off the Ziggy Stardust album. Just fucking... Badass, man. This song is fucking awesome. Good guitars, good drums, you know what I mean? A little bit of acoustic in there, a little bit of electric guitar. I mean, just fucking the balls, you know what I mean? Good stuff. A lot of guys don't, a lot of people don't want to admit that they like David Bowie, you know what I mean? The guy was a fucking freak. I get it, you know what I mean? He's cross dressing, and, you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing, you know what I mean? But, I mean, you know, guy's got the fucking, he looks like a fucking, uh, like a Martian, you know what I mean? The guy was a little little different, you know what I mean? But that was his style, you know what I mean? That was cool, you know? You look back in retrospect, rest in peace to David Bowie. You know, we, we lost him a couple years ago due to cancer, you know? But dude put down some fucking amazing tracks, and this album was awesome, and uh, this is my favorite. I think this might be my favorite song off this album. This is, this is a tough one. I think I'm pretty sure... Moon Age Daydream was on this album as well. And if that's the case, actually, that's my number one. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was on that album. But go check it out. Give that there a listen. Take that for a spin. And uh, I'll catch up with you animals on the next one. Ciao.